Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We are in the studio, impromptu again. We've been doing that lately. And uh, we've got some friends from Massachusetts, Pastor Bill Pass, Sister Cheryl. Good afternoon. And Brother Gary from the Church of Redemption. Church of Redemption? Give them the full address. Give them the whole Monty. <laughs> okay, we're in Aguam, Massachusetts. Uh, it's 50 Maple Street. Aguam is a small community just west of Springfield. Springfield is known for the Basketball Hall of Fame. So we're located right up there, right on the Connecticut border. And they are with us during the Expect Conference. And so they were not expecting this podcast, but <laughs> we're so glad you guys consented. Uh, to be with us. We're going to be talking to them about ministry. Pastor Bill has been pastoring the church for how long now? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years, and we'll talk about that whole transition because there was a transition. Yes, there was. Uh, his dad was the pastor. We'll talk about that. Cheryl's been there for... Oh, uh, over 20 some odd years. Over 20 years. So you yes. served under his dad. I did, yes. How awesome is that? And Gary... Uh, just over 25 years. Wow. So you also served yes. under his dad. There's a lot of dynamics here. Yes. We're going to get into it <laughs> right after this quick break. The adult and youth praise choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor, or singer? A video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. Pastor Carter Conlon has published a new book entitled Unshakable, Trusting God When All Else Fails. In the book, he writes, you have believed and trusted in God. Perhaps you started out with much faith and promise for the future, but now you often feel like the psalmist who cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What if I told you there is a divine purpose? Would you be surprised to learn that you are in the very center of God's will for your life? We're entering a perilous time in history in which your life and testimony will be a priceless currency for the kingdom of God. Jesus is putting a deposit of his life within you for the sake of others. He's making you unshakable. For more information on this book and to order it online, visit tscnyc.org. And we're back, and we thank you so much for joining us again here on TC Music. Uh, Pastor Bill, so awesome to have you guys. We've been developing this relationship over the past... Two years? Yes, I think around two years. About yes. two years? And uh, so tell us, you you are now pastoring a church that your dad pastored for years. Yes, Church of Redemption is a non-denominational uh, church in Aguam. We rented for many years, uh, and uh, years went by. We rented probably 15 years looking for our own building, mm. and we finally um, bought a building over here in Aguam, a former Catholic church that we've been blessed to, to get. Um, my dad was uh, still alive when we were wanted to get the building, and he went to be with the Lord just before we closed on the building. Mm. So I was um, 
given the special blessing to take the torch and run with it and uh, continue on his uh, legacy. And the church has been a blessing. We've been uh, truly blessed and honored to have our own building now yeah. and uh, just be part of the community. We've been being more involved in the community in, in Agawam there. And just uh, we did a live nativity this past December outside, so we got a lot of uh, feedback from that. So we're just trying to get more involved in the community and get outside the four walls of the church. Right, right. Now, Agawam, what is what is that? Is that like what what is that name from? It's an old Indian name. Uh, you could probably figure by the name. Yeah. It does have the, the zip code, the first zip code of the USA, O one O O one. Wow. So I don't know the you know the whole big part of that, but mm, I know that native zip code. There. Yes, must be a native <laughs> zip code. Yes, but we're uh, again a, a small community. Uh, well, it's not. It's um. It's got four elementary schools. Uh, you know, middle school, high school. So it's a decent sized community, but mm-hmm. it's um not the size of say Springfield. Right. And was the church always in Agawam? The one that we bought. Yeah. Well, the congregation. No, we we had years that we were. Uh, we rented in Feeding Hills, which is part of Agawam, but there was a period of time we were in Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were over there in almost uh, like a big, big old building for right. many years in Springfield, and then we okay. moved over to Agawam. And did you serve in any capacity when your dad was pastoring? Yes, I was um, pretty much the, uh, my wife and I did a lot with the youth, mm-hmm. and I pretty much did the, pretty much planning and organizing of things that went on in the church, you know, any events and right. and uh it's Sunday school, and mostly a lot with the youth, though. Mm. And when did you know that your dad was going to be asking you to take over when he left? Well, he, he got cancer. He started getting sick, and, mm. um, you know, we had had the conversation, and uh, I knew that uh, my re- relationship with this goes back to when I was 16 years old. Mm. Uh, my dad um, grew up in the church in the South. He um, went into the service and um, actually went back into the world and became an alcoholic, and Years later, found Jesus. Uh, I mean, he already knew Jesus, but he re- rededicated his life to the mm-hmm. Lord. And uh, one day he was sitting there, and the Lord told him, it's finished with the drinking. And uh, he never drank again. And um, Just instantaneous deliverance. Yep, huh? just instantaneous. Wow. The, 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 he, as he describes it, the drink was there and never picked up again. He said that he became sober right at that moment also. Mm. So... It was a true blessing, and uh, so to, to finish the story, so he went down, uh, when I was 16 years old, we went down to Tennessee to go to a service. I had never been in a born-again service before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a tenor soloist. He sang, um, had a beautiful tenor voice, and um, he was sang, singing a song, I'll never forget this, I can picture it right now as we're sitting here, um, and we were in this uh, big, it was a church of God down there, probably a couple thousand people in there, mm-hmm. and he was singing the song when when he reaches down in a hand for me. And when he started singing the song, the, the glory fell and the preacher couldn't even preach that night. Mm. When he was singing, I saw like this light come down over him. And I thought, you know, what's this all about? I didn't understand. Now I know later, years later, it was the glory of the Lord. Mm. He described to my mother that he saw a light on me in the audience that night. Wow. And he told her about that story. So that's when I started, you know, my walk with Jesus and, um, Really accepted Lord, Lord in like 1982, but mm-hmm. that's when it all started for me. So, oh, well. so that's um, quick synopsis of what was been going on. Now, your dad was a singer. Are you a singer? I am not a singer. Are you sure? I don't because we've got so. a piano here. I, we could we could strike <laughs> it up so. and see. <laughs> Once in a while, when we're closing a service or something, I'll, I'll you know sing along with these guys a little bit. But my dad was you know he had the tenor voice. Uh-huh. I, 
But I've never really tried too much. <laughs> but he has a talented musical family. Uh-huh. Which yes. I'm finding out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my um, I have an uncle that's um, in Baltimore. He he does uh, music directing down there, and mm. uh, some cousins in Tennessee. And then I have uh, my nephews who are in our church, actually. Who um, uh, Danny sings uh, keyboard with the keyboard in our church. He's only mm-hmm. fifteen years old. And then I have um, my two other nephews. Teddy plays saxophone, and Timmy plays guitar. So, right. and these are young. You know, now they're 18, 19, 20 years old, but it's a blessing to have them be part of the ministry. Yeah, yeah. It's a true blessing to have your family be part of the ministry, you know? Mm, Yeah. So I'm I've met some of those guys. Yes, you have. (laughs) Yes, you have. We'll talk about that in a minute. Now, your your dad's story is is, is pretty amazing because uh, there's still people who don't believe that God can instantaneously deliver you from uh, whatever your ailment is. And you've seen it with your dad. But, Gary, you have a very similar story we just heard over lunch. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, back in 1987, I was an alcoholic. And went to. I would go to work every day, and I would tell myself that I'm not going to drink today. And I was raised in a church all my life and had strayed away from the Lord. And so I had enough in me to know that I was doing wrong, but... I would go to work every day and fight and tell myself I wasn't going to drink. I'm not going to drink. And as soon as work was over, I had no strength. Nothing could keep me from going and getting my beer. It it wasn't even a thought. Mm. I was free from work. My commitment there was over so I could go do what I wanted to do. And without even thinking about it, I would find myself right there getting the alcohol again. This went on for a long time, and and uh, my wife had had enough. She left with my kids, and I just didn't know what to do. And so I got moved out of town on a job in construction, and I tried to drink more, but I couldn't drink anymore. And, and I was just, the Lord was just sifting me, but I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And on July the 27th in 1987, and a night by myself in a, in a hotel room, I fell down on my knees and I cried out to God to help me. Mm-hmm. And, and that I told him I would commit my life to you if you would just help me and put my family back together again. I had no idea what was going on and had no idea who all was praying for me on that night or who all had been praying for me. But I know that the next day, Still not knowing what was going on, the next day after work, when I went into the store, I got a Pepsi. That, that's the heavenly drink. I mean, I felt so good I, mm. I, because I was free and, and not knowing exactly what the Lord had done for me because of where I'd been in my life. And, and, uh, but that was the greatest feeling in my life. To know that that day I was free. I've never, never had a desire to pick up a drink. I've had to be around people that were drinking at different functions with work and stuff. I've ridden to work with people that would do that. But to this day, God has blessed me with no desire to drink. And, And it was instantaneous. He healed me of that. And I am forever grateful 
for what he's done in my life to give me freedom. It's a real blessing. That's over 25 years ago. Yes, 25 precious years, <laughs> one day at a time, sweet yes. Jesus. Amen. <laughs> and so you go into the store and you grab a Pepsi. Was that your intention when you walk in the door? I really don't remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember much even about that prayer. The, right. the one thing that I remember most about the prayer was the commitment part. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I remember the most. Right. And and I, I don't really know what happened those next few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that, that when I got that Pepsi and I went and reached in and got it, I knew that I was free. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so, but then, you know, it took some time. Sure. My wife didn't come back to me the next day. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know where she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that took some time. Uh, for her wounds to heal, and, and short, my mom was dying of cancer at that time. I was in, in uh, Fort Pierce, Florida. My mom's in Tennessee, and come to find out, my wife was on the west coast of Florida, and she felt safe mm. being over there. I, I was not when I was drunk. I was not pleasant, and, mm. and I, I wasn't wasn't the person that God created me to be with my wife and and my kids, and uh, so. I don't blame her for what she did, uh, but in her heart, uh, she went to see a lawyer, and he told her, because she just found out she was pregnant with our third child, wow. and the lawyer told her to abort the baby and divorce her husband, mm. and neither one of us were going to church, but she said, no, I'm not going to do that, and, and I thank God for that, because wow. she then in turn went and helped take care of my dying mother, and uh, so that was in July and towards the end of October, things came and settled. And she says, I'm not going to come back to you. Now I want you to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. And one thing about it, and I told her this, I says, I don't, I'll never blame you if you leave me, never come back to me. Or, or that I understand that. But I said, but the most important thing right now is that I get my life in order. Mm-hmm. And uh, God bless me with that because I'm still working on it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Keep it in order. Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful story. And you serve, you've served with uh, Pastor Bill's dad for a number of years. number of years. Uh, when we were in Florida, and um, I would have to say this is the first time I heard God speak to me, and I listened. Uh, we were in Florida. My wife was born and raised in Connecticut, had been praying that we would move to Connecticut, and I'm in construction. I work outside. I says, no way am I going to go to Connecticut and work in the cold. Uh, we're in South Florida where it's nice. Where it's nice. It's nice. Uh, now we're in New England where it's very cold. <laughs> but, you know, praise uh, God uh, for Francis that. Francis Chan made it very clear, you know, about Florida and, and, and California. You know, that's really the place to be when, uh, you know, you want beautiful weather every day. <laughs> every day. Every day of the year, yeah. Yeah. But uh, God, we came home from church one Sunday, and I heard the Lord speak to me, your kids need to be around their cousins. And I grew Mm -hmm. up in Tennessee around family and my cousins. We all went to church, grandmother's house, Sunday for lunch. So there was that bond with cousins. And the Lord spoke to my heart exactly what I needed to hear and what I would listen and understand. So I told my wife that we're going to move to Connecticut. And... She really didn't believe it, but I mean, you know, she'd been praying for it all these years, mm-hmm. but so it took us about a year to get to Connecticut. And, uh, when we got to Connecticut, I found out that there was only one radio station 
and uh, I found it very hard to find a church, mm-hmm. and really had questioned, started to question God. I mean, what have I done? Because we couldn't find a church, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anywhere to have fellowship with the Lord that had just it was just teaching me how to be a, a new Christian. And I found his dad's church through a phone call that I call in churches in the yellow pages, and and um, I had saw a dove on one in the. Called a guy and he saw, he said, "You don't want me. You want the guy that lives downstairs." And, oh. and he's a brother in the church, Paul Fromont. And uh, I called him and uh, told him what I was looking for. He told me where they were. They were in a school at that time. And I went to that school that Sunday and sat down and heard his dad preach. And I knew that I had found God. <laughs> and uh, so I've been in the church ever since. Praise God. And it's been a blessing. Be Back then, I think we were assemblies of God at the time, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back. But that just do want you to remember that God is still in the delivering and the healing business. We worship you, Almighty God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor.
And we're back, and we're hearing some wonderful testimonies and wonderful stories from our good friends, uh, Pastor Bill, and of course, Brother Gary, um, whose story is just phenomenal on how the Lord saved him and brought him to uh, this area to to serve in ministry. You found the church, you know, delivered from uh, years of of, of alcoholism, and, and of course, is serving in ministry uh, with Pastor Bill here. Now, you're you're a singer too, by the way, right? You, you or you I like sing, to sing? I sing Which one with is? them. Okay, because <laughs> you've got that radio voice. You've got that uh, deep baritone. We're probably going to get a little piece of that before we leave it. No guest, by the way, has come on the program and not sang something for us before they left. So uh, we got a trio here: tenor, soprano. Uh, we'll work something out. <laughs> now, Cheryl, who's right across from me in the studio is the uh, one of the worship leaders at yes. the church here yes. and uh thank god for you i've heard you minister uh uh last year when we were up there with you guys yes. and uh you have been at this church you said 27 a little uh, well no since uh let's see 1990 so 23 okay. 23, 23 years. years yeah and have yeah. were you serving in music ministry then i was started? not um i came through the church um by way of uh being introduced to christ mm-hmm. um I essentially was prayed in by my parents, okay. <laughs> um, who I guess, you know, in those rebellious teen years were um, at their wits end uh-huh. and uh, were, were crying out to God to to save their daughter. And um, and I praise God that I'm here today. Amen. Yeah. And he serving him. Yeah. He had yeah. the victory for sure. So. Now, how'd the piano thing start for you? Oh, the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not my instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't profess to play it. I've never had any lessons. I'm kind of self-taught. Um, I came to start playing the piano when I stepped into the music director position at the church. And mm-hmm. that was after serving almost 20 some odd years in the, um, music ministry as a, a bass player and, and doing some background vocals. A bass um, player. I, mm-hmm. yes, before I came to know the Lord, I played in a secular band. Get out. I did, yes. <laughs> um, bass player and some wow. a little bit of singing. Yes. Now, what kind of music was that? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It was, we, we know it you was rock and now, roll, hard college. rock. It was, you know, think about 80s hair bands, and, and that's what you'll probably... Now, now, for a female bass, I mean, that was not popular. No, uh, there were, it there was were not. There were two that I, that I recall. I don't remember the bands, but there were two fairly popular female bass, bass guitar players, but they were not allowed, for the most part, on the main scene. They were tucked away in a studio somewhere. A lot it of, I was <laughs> extremely difficult, you know, back then. There's a lot of com- condemnation in mm-hmm. that field for a, a, a female musician playing a bass guitar in a, in a group right. that plays that kind of music. Right. Um, but it was ultimately that kind of music um, that... Uh, you know, probably essentially led me down the wrong path and mm-hmm. made some poor decisions. And, and I think that's when, um, you know, as a teenager, I started to get very rebellious. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, my parents started crying out to God about it. Right. Now, were your parents in the same church? In- they were. Oh. They um, came through, you know, they were invited to come through somebody that was attending the church there years ago. And they started going back in the, the late 80s. And I went to a couple of, you know, dinners and programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, there is no way you're getting me into that church. <laughs> no way whatsoever. So, but you know what? God, God had a different plan. That so much higher than <laughs> ours. You know, I told plan, the Lord yes. no a couple times. And I tell you, and I'm doing exactly what I didn't want to do. 
uh, when I said no, you know, uh, exactly what I thought I would never be doing mm-hmm. uh, full time. So you were this rock guitar bassist. <laughs> yeah. You end up in this church because your parents prayed you yes. in. You told the Lord and three angels, no way I'm ever yes. going to do this. And now you're doing it. Now, how did it happen for you? Well, um, initially, um, Pastor Bill's father, who was uh, the pastor of the church at the time, was also kind of the music leader. He, mm-hmm. you know, was a musician, um, a, a gospel musician from back in the day. And, and uh, you know, my parent, my father, particularly because my father had an in- interest in music, um, told him that, uh, you know, I played. Mm-hmm. And at the time, ironically enough, at the time, my father was playing bass guitar for the ministry. Okay. And, you know, after talking with the pastor and he had me, um, you know, sing a little song here, I kind of want to get an idea if I could sing or not. And and um, and he says, well, he says, I want to, you know, after a certain period of time, I sat under the ministry for maybe six months to a year. um, And I was asked to get involved in helping with the children's choir at the time. But Mm -hmm. then eventually he asked me, he wanted me to come up front, but he wanted me to come up front to play bass. And I said I was not comfortable with that because my father was in the position at the time. He says, so, he said, you'll play keyboards. And I said, what? I don't know. I've never played the keyboards in my life. Um, so I did play the keyboards uh, for a while in the in the very beginning. And eventually he says, you play the keyboards like a bass. He says, I don't want you to play the keyboards uh, anymore. Now, who said this to you? The, the, the pastor. Pastor, yeah. pastor Gene. So he was really musical. Yes. He understood. He absolutely. I mean, he, he directed every element of the music. Wow, and he had such great. a great talent not just in voice wise but for direction mm-hmm. and spiritual guidance i mean you know that was something that you come in and and if anybody that's the person who mentored me and and right. the spiritual aspect of it and what it means to you know open your heart and surrender to the lord during worship um so eventually um my father stepped down as a bass player and and he switched he could also play a horn so he switched over to a horn at that time um and i uh stepped into the bass bass guitar position at that time and doing some background vocals. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, you know, as um, Pastor Gene, you know, Pastor Bill mentioned before that he started to get sick. And mm-hmm. so he had me start um, coming over to the piano um, and play a little bit of introductory music as people were coming into the congregation, the church to, to prepare for worship. And I just started playing a couple songs and I taught myself some, some chords and, um, you know, I don't play in a whole lot of different keys, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I've expanded greatly since then. So praise God for that, because when he puts you in a position, he's going to equip you he's for sure. You, so yeah, um, I, I may not be the, the, the best piano player or the most talented, but um, he he directs he directs mm-hmm. it always. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, so three years ago, three and a half years ago, Pastor Bill is the the baton as it is was was passed over mm-hmm. you already in some position was, at the church right? i was yeah i was like i said under the music ministry for for that period of time and at that point his father was uh was kind of not able to attend yeah, what happened a lot was my dad would try to come in the morning mm-hmm. he yeah. would actually sit sit in a chair and do the message gotcha yeah. sunday nights i kind of had him kind of stay home and cheryl would kind of do the Sunday nights more. Yeah, you know? he started having me do some services as his health was deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, And that's kind of how it played out. Uh, we're going to take another break because we're going to go into another level here when we talk about music ministry, pastorate, worship leader. Um, and Gary, you do everything I hear. I mean, just talking to you, 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 I, you, you have a servant's heart. So you, you will sing if the Lord says sing. You'll 
knock out a wall if he says knock out a wall, right? And hang yeah. speakers if he says that. So yeah. those are the kinds of people you want to have around you. Absolutely. Uh, it's no surprise that Gary's here with you uh, doing this conference. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. And we're back, and we're having a wonderful conversation with our good friends, Pastor Bill, Brother Gary, and Sister Cheryl from Magawam. And I keep saying this town because I want to get used to saying it because I always forget what town you're in, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But as a pastor, Pastor Bill, you've been pastoring three and a half years now at this church? Yes, three and a half years. And your father served how long before you came home? Well, in our, um, probably 30 years. 30 years, wow. So, So there's a good remnant of the people who are in this congregation now who knew your dad. Yeah, there's um, a good, uh, it's hard to give a percent, mm-hmm. but probably, what do you guys say, 60% maybe, 70% probably were still are still there from, wow. there's probably about 30% that are new maybe from you know, over the last three and a half years. Okay. Uh, and surely there's people there who are used to the, the way your dad used to do things and of course the way, and, and struggled perhaps <laughs> with the way you now do things. Because I'm sure your operation, you know, your styles are different. But but you're also dealing with a very different demographic, and and that well maybe not a dem- demographic, but different uh, generation or different time. Things different are time, different. Yes. I mean, you you probably didn't have as much access to the things we have access today when your dad was pastor. Yeah, absolutely. You can look at now. Gary was talking about the phone book alone. You know, we, exactly. The phone was a perfect example of that. You know, right. and now you see the uh, Danny, the, the the young man singing. He's got his i iPad. Pad, thank you. That's <laughs> that he's doing all his music on, you know. Right, so right, right. and I don't even know what it's called, iPad, you know, but <laughs> but yeah, technology is so much different now, you know. Absolutely. So you're a husband, different. you're a father. Yes. Tell us about your family real quick. Yes, so my wife Tracy, um, we've been married going on twenty nine years. 
you know you need to get this right. <laughs> well, I said going on September 29th okay. for sure. <laughs> September 7th, see, All right. 1984. All right. So, I got that right. Um, yeah, so Tracy and I knew each other in high school, and um, we developed uh, a relationship. Uh, we we didn't see each other through the college years, but then years later, we after that, we got uh, back together and um, knew it, it was of the Lord. We both accepted the Lord and started our walk together. Mm-hmm. Soon after we got married, um, Tracy's been a diabetic since she was four or five years old, so she's been a diabetic for many years. Um, so they had told us to um, preferably wait a little while before we uh, before she got pregnant, but we got married and didn't happen. Uh, she got, it happened pretty quick when mm-hmm. we were, uh, uh, Tracy got pregnant. And um, well, what happened is we're young. I'm 24 years old at this time, and uh, in the middle of the night, the baby would keep taking the sugar, and I didn't understand what was going on at the time. And she would go into these semi comas mm-hmm. and. Um, I would have to keep calling the ambulance. Wow. It happened three or four times. And finally they said, we need to keep her in the hospital. We need to kind of just, mm. for five months to the pregnancy, she's going to stay in the hospital. And they started telling us. Doctors started saying, you know what? I think you need to terminate this pregnancy. Something's going to happen. She's going to die. He's going to die. Um, she's going to be blind. And they went through all this. Mm-hmm. And um, all the doctors I believe there was one maybe went to Boston and they thought we could do this if you do bed rest. But my dad was um, very rock for us at that time uh, with the faith to know that the Lord can carry us through this. Mm -hmm. And um, so Christopher um, was born um, in the Bay State uh, Medical Center Hospital. um, And they wrote it up in the newspaper. It said, uh, Miracle Baby, born in room. I don't have the room right, but Mm -hmm. let's say 323. And uh, Christopher was born, no problems. Uh, wow. Tracy got through it, and they got. And his birthday is the same day as hers, oh, so a special goodness. blessing. Yeah. And now, um, fast forward, um, you know, Tracy's had some a lot of medical issues to deal with, kidney transplant. We heard about that today at the mm-hmm. Expect Conference, uh, heart uh, bypass surgeries, and 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 whatnot. But the Lord has preserved, um, seen her through. She's uh, got a call in her life as well. And Christopher now, um, 27 years old, just got married last September. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, him and his new wife, Shelly, they live in the house right next to the church. We, we own a house right at the church there. And Christopher is um, preaching for us now. Um, and uh, he leads uh, the young people at the church and very blessed to be able to have uh, my son part of what we're doing at the Third church. Third generation. Uh, Third generation, awesome. yes. I know his grandfather would be very, very proud of him at this sure, time you know sure sure so. is he still taking the sugar uh i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, no chris if you're listening stop taking the sugar right. <laughs> well that's that awesome good. man so they share the same birthday so you're never gonna forget that no that's yeah, that's so easy you, you do well on birthdays that's then, easy uh, yeah. all right this anniversary one, one thing, birthday. we're gonna have to double check that and make sure that you got it uh got it right but thank god for that man yeah that's, it's an awesome exciting. it's awesome testimony just yeah. to, be, to be um have that blessing, and yeah. it's a faith story, you know. It's sure, a faith sure. story. To- I met Chris, and he's he 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 loves the Lord. He's he's pretty on fire. He's got a real genuine heart for young people. Yes, and uh, in fact, he and a team were were at our gate service uh, some time ago. Yes, they were. Uh, so. Let's get back to the musical side of this because this is TSC music <laughs> yes. with a mission. And so, uh, so Cheryl, the former bass player, 
That's Rick rock, man. Murphy. Yes. Born again, oh, parents prayed her in. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and she's been serving at the church for some time. Gary over here, serving at the church for some time. As a pastor now, you're three and a half years into this thing, and you're coming into a situation that's somewhat already established. You, you, so it can be difficult to bring in new ideas, to start changing things, to start, uh, you know, be, you know, cause you got to wear several hats, but you also have to be a troublemaker, <laughs> whether you want to be one or not, you know, you, you're staring, stirring things up. What's, what's that trans, transition like? Because there's an expectation from, you know, the, the, the pastor's son is now pastoring and yeah. the pastor's son's son could very well be doing this later mm-hmm. <laughs> you know not that church is a dynasty but you know what i mean it, if god says for it to be uh such that he could very well be pastoring these young people yes it's it the transition was tough because everybody knew me as bill or billy at the church you know so for people to you know i i when we first started i just just call me pastor bill you know and s- instead of just pastor cause my dad was pastor the pastor so it was a hard tr- transition for people because I, I could understand that, you know, because he was the pastor for all these years. So we, we you know, I believe everybody um, was on board. That was the blessing. You know, I, I don't believe anybody left that was during this transition. Everybody was on board and, and I'll support whatever they can do. And, yeah, of course, there are changes that happen and some people might not understand all the changes. And mm-hmm. I've really... Seek the Lord. To, right. Lord, what would you have me to do? What would right. you want me to do? And that's the most important thing is yeah. to follow his lead first. Sure. Sometimes I bring humans, it up. you know, but. Yeah, I bring it up because music ministry is always the hardest place in the church mm-hmm. to implement change. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest. It's, it's, it's the war zone. You know, <laughs> and that's where you're going to have some of your biggest fights. And you know this. Sure, you've probably experienced some of this already. Absolutely. You know, dealing with choir people, dealing with musicians, dealing with <laughs> all the, the entitlement, you know, and I've been here for so long and I've always done it this way or we've always done it that way. Yes. What has that been like? Because here here we like to talk about the importance of the relationship between the pastor and the minister of music or the worship leader. And I'm glad you both here together as part of this expect conference, which is uh, a real, which has been a real blessing. And we've got one more session this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what a blessing to see pastors and their worship leaders uh, on the same page, or at least striving to be on the same page. It doesn't mean you agree about everything, but you choose to agree where you can agree and you choose to discuss the things you disagree about. How's that transition been for you? Good. Uh, you know, Pastor Bill will probably be the first one to say that he doesn't uh, have a lot of musical background like his mm. father does. I have a little bit more, um, you know, playing for so many years. Um, but the relationship is good in, in the aspect of when I need to get the spiritual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That's where he comes in and gives me the support. And then. Right. You know, if he asks me a question sometimes, because he still, you know, he he listens, he observes, he wants to, you know, make the, the music ministry, uh, you know, as much of a blessing as possible. And, and uh, so, you know, he'll ask me sometimes some of the music questions and I ask him the spiritual questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems to be a good, uh, a good, a good blend. Right. And um, and he's very supportive. And for that, I thank you, Pastor. Well, Cheryl um, does many things well. The one thing she does really well is... Um, after our messages, after the sermons, um, uh, because it's not planned normally. I mean, once in a while I may have something in my heart, say, can mm-hmm. you play this? But for the most part, whatever we were 
preaching about that Sunday, she it, the song goes right with it right mm. after the message, and you, you can just feel that she's seeking the Lord during the message. Yeah, it's so so important. You're listening to the sermon so that you can come back with the appropriate song. It's so so key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we talked about that um, in, yes. in previous sessions uh, uh, with you guys before the importance of uh, almost demanding that those who serve in your music ministry are present for the preaching and the teaching of the word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keeps you on the same page. Otherwise, you got a church growing within your church, and sometimes the other church is, most times, it's not very healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like a cancer uh, within the body. Mm-hmm. And so, Gary, you sing in the choir, or you sing with the worship team, or you just love to sing? Which one is it? All three. <laughs> <laughs> all three of them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'm blessed to do all three. And were you singing when his dad was pastoring? Yes, his dad um, asked me to come up and sing one mm-hmm. night at church, and uh, so I came up. Did you sing a solo? No, just oh, okay. sing, just sing with them. Okay, no, he knew me better than that, so he he uh, brought me up slow, uh-huh. and um, so he just kind of worked with me over the years a little bit, a little bit. I would set up and and sing, and then uh, he. Uh, I played a trumpet when I was in junior high, mm-hmm. and uh, so he was funny. He says, uh, "I know you can play the trumpet because you got a lot. You're full of hot air." He said. <laughs> <laughs> so I says, "Well, I'll get one for my wife too." <laughs> but she chose not to play. But uh, oh, she's gonna hear this. She yeah, yeah she's gonna, that's all right. But we've been married over thirty years, awesome. so I, all right, I, all I right. have some liberties with okay. my southern <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> but. Uh, so yeah, that was it. And, and uh, another thing, how the Lord puts things together. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're from Tennessee, um, you're a Tennessee volunteer, you're a fan. And uh, his dad just happened to grow up about thirty miles away from me in Tennessee. So not only we had that that bond with the Tennessee volunteers, and uh, you know, being back home. So I was really blessed not only to have a pastor, but then you know, mm-hmm. have a Tennessee Connection. fan as well. So he taught me, you know, to to just sing and always be ready and, and uh, sing from your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do is, you know, and I, I enjoy that, you know. Gary sings um, from his heart big time, and he sings a song, Mercy Rewrote My my Life. And when mm-hmm. he sings that, it's just like his heart's just like expounding, you know, you can just feel it. It's because it's so true, huh? Mm-hmm. Amen. It's so personal. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, you, that you, is your very story, personal. you found the the appropriate song that 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 really is your testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously, in and in in, in when you've got this kind of transition and you've got uh, generations growing up in a congregation such as this, when you you can often now, especially in the church today, have different styles or different preferences and styles. You you um, Cheryl are more familiar with some of the more traditional or what they yeah, would call the uh, serving under music. serving under the ministry of uh, Pastor Gene for those years mm-hmm. came from Tennessee, uh, raised in the Bible Belt back then, and and um, uh, we were really rooted in uh, I would probably say a Southern gospel type of sound, mm-hmm. a lot of old hymns, um, stuff to that effect, and uh, and it carryovers, and I have a love for that music, mm-hmm. I really do because that music speaks to me. Yeah. It always all these songs speak to me. I mean. Um, you know, but they talk about the blood of Jesus, and and uh, a lot of times, you know, it's just uh, we love those kind of songs. They're just yeah. real, and they speak volumes. And they may be fifty years old or hundred years old, but the message is the same today. Yeah. And I think um, 
so there is uh, getting into the generational part of it. Um, you know, as as the we have newer people coming in, and and now we have a wider range of of age groups. So there is this transition where, um, you know, we have to do a little bit of some old music and a little bit of new music and. Right, uh, right. Well, I, I, and I think it's important, too, that we not allow this new generation or this next generation to forget the significance of some of the more traditional mm-hmm. um, uh, gospel pieces. Because there's nothing new in the sun, Scripture says, you know. <laughs> That's right. And a lot of times they think that, you know, some of the newer stuff is it's new. But it's yeah. really not new. It's really a spinoff of what it's already existed. I mean, think about what we would be writing about if we didn't have Amazing Grace, if we yeah. didn't have you know, um, uh, how great thou art. And if we didn't have, you know, hold to God's unchanging hand and some yes. of these other hymns that we it sing well. today, <laughs> and it is well with my soul. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of these songs are birthed out of the, I, and, and one of the things, one of the richest things about the old music is that it was rich in content yeah. where today we got a lot of fluff. There's a lot, there's a plethora of fluff out there where, you know, these ooey gooey, I call them ooey gooey <laughs> songs, and smith, you know, you just want to woo and, you know, God is my friend kind of stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is fine. I mean, that's that's good where it, it, in, in its place. But we can't afford to allow this generation to miss out on the richness of of the other. So what are the key elements? Have you found it difficult to to bridge that gap? Because I have at, at, at times. At times. Yeah. I mean, again, when you have a, a wide range of people in your congregation of different age groups, um, you know, they sometimes will express, you know, eh, I'm not a fan of the new music or mm-hmm. someone will say, I'm not a fan of the old music. Right. And um, so, yeah, there's there's that challenge there. But when the anointing of God is there, um, it, that speaks to every generation to me. And um, uh, Pastor Bill spoke of uh, one of our musicians, Danny, extremely talented. Danny sang in the children's choir when I was directing the children's choir. Uh-huh. And not once in all the years that I was directing the children's choir did he ever say to me, I want to sing a solo. I want to sing a solo. Mm -hmm. He never did. Um, But I heard him sing one time. And I said, Danny, I said, I'd like you to sing this song this Easter or Christmas. And and it just kind of started to develop. And as he got older and older, he he fell in love with godly music. And he started to to seek the Lord on it. and, and, And he started to play piano. He started to sing. And, uh... And so every now and then we gave him a little, you know, a solo to do as he got older at Christmas or Easter. And then it just started to develop. And now he has his really his own own ministry. I mean, mm-hmm. he he worships. He and his two brothers worship with us every every Sunday morning and Sunday night. They have their own, uh, you know, more youth oriented um, group that they do. They sing. Uh, we call it Glory Night at our church. And it's one Sunday night a month that mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, that group and a few of the other youth musicians have uh, come together to uh, to minister to us right. and um, and so it's just it's it's great to see what God's doing to, to bridge that gap. Yeah, I challenged Danny the last time I was up there um, that he was to go and learn. I don't think I, I don't remember the number. I don't know if I gave him a number two or three traditional songs. I said, "You get with Cheryl and learn <laughs> some of these older songs." And and I said, "And you challenge Cheryl to teach you." Uh, you know, or, or vice versa. So yes. you guys were supposed to trade off. You know, you were supposed to learn some of the more youthful stuff, and he was supposed to learn some of the more traditional we're, stuff. We're getting there. We're getting uh, there. Okay, you know, uh, we're gonna be praying that that happens, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and get Danny down here one day, and we'll, yeah. we can we can talk about. It. But but it's so important. It's so important that we have that that bridge. Uh, 
you know, that we bridge that gap, that gulf, because mm-hmm. this generation will totally miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then they'll continue to think that, well, you know, what's happening now is completely new and it's the, it's the new thing. And, uh, and they'll miss the message of how great they are and the stories behind, mm-hmm. uh, some of these songs. You know, it is well with my soul. I mean, you, people, people who, when, when people write from those experiences, it's a whole nother level of experience with God mm-hmm. that you just can't write just coming into a room with pen and paper and say, Hey, we're going to write a song, you know? And a lot of people are doing that. Hey, let's just sit down and write a song. We got a melody. We got a few musicians. Let's just write about something. And there's no experience. There's no Gary experience with God. You know what I mean? There's no, you know, there's no Cheryl experience with God. I was playing in a rock band and I said, I'm never going to do this, but look at what I'm doing. Yes. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no Billy Mm -hmm. experience with God where Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about pastor in a church. I was mm-hmm. just enjoying serving with my dad, you know, or watching my dad serve. And then all of a sudden I'm asked to, there's this mantle as it, as it is mm-hmm. uh, placed on my life uh, to do this. We're going to run out of time, but give the church, give the listeners your church website. Cause you understand it was just redone. Yes, it was. It's church. O-R.com. Church. So Church.com. How easy is that? Churchor.com. Yeah, so yeah. Church check it of out, Redemption.com. and yes. you can check out the Church of Redemption, uh, and uh, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And Jesse will give you all that information as we will be sharing with them uh, in a few weeks. Pastor Bill, Cheryl, Gary, thanks for being with us on TSC Music with Mission. Thank you. We got to get you. downstairs because we're going to hear another message today on the last session at this Expect Conference. By the way, you can get more information about the Expect Conference. I think the messages are going to be on the website for a little while longer uh, by the time you hear this. And so until then, remember, if we ever put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet, and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timescorechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn and Jungbin Kim, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, a panel of young songwriters and recording artists from right here at Times Square Church share some of the music they've been working on and discuss what motivates them to write and record.